there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. It's May the 1st, 1986, 6.53 p.m., deep in the bowels of Tottenham Hotspur's White Hart Lane Stadium. All eyes are on a thick-set man, five feet five inches tall. So he's just standing there barefooted. There were reams and reams of autograph books and programmes being fed into the dressing room. Can you sign this? Can you sign this? He was like constantly signing memorabilia. And while he was doing that, he had a ball at his feet and he was tapping it up and down like a basketball player. You know, it, it takes a lot for professional players to be impressed, but apparently a few jaws dropped and just went, wow. That man is Diego Maradona, the man who can do with his feet what you can't even do with your hands, the best player in the world. The idea that he would turn up in the bleak football of England at that time I mean, it is almost impossible um, in a world dominated by the Premier League to remember what it was like. It was just extraordinary. And yet, turn up he did. The idea of watching Glenn and Ozzy and Chris Waddle and Diego Maradona playing together, I, I actually think it was a kind of beacon in English football at a very dark time. English football was miserable in the mid-80s. Hooliganism rife. Attendances plummeting. So for Maradona to turn up at all was something to shout about. And this wasn't just any Diego Maradona. This was right at his peak Maradona. Obliterating brutal Serie A defences every week Maradona. 51 days out from a display of Machiavellian cunning and monstrous skill in the 1986 World Cup quarter-final Maradona. Two goals from Diego Maradona gave Argentina... And he's in town to play in a testimonial for his mate, Ozzy Ardiles. I'm Owen Blackhurst and welcome to Giant. This is a story about a night of pure wonder in North London. This is when Maradona played for Spurs. Producer Seb is sat with Ozzy Ardiles and his son Federico. There are photos on the walls, medals in the cabinet. Let's start with some magic. Ozzy, tell me the first time that you ever saw Diego Maradona play. What was he like? Well, uh, the first time Diego played, it was, um, yes, I was in the Argentina national team and we were playing in Boca Juniors Stadium. He was a little boy. Uh, he was about 15 at the time. And he arrived at halftime and, and he's trying to keep the ball up and he started to, to do tricks and so on. And even though we were concentrated about the about the game, we couldn't fail to notice how good he was. Um, he just walked all around the stadium with the ball in his feet, in his head, and so on. So doing magic tricks, say. Eh? 
A couple of months later, in October 1976, Diego made his debut for Argentinos Juniors. He was 15, and he famously nutmegged the first opponent he faced on his manager's orders. The nation fell in love. Not long after, he made his international debut in a friendly against Hungary. Ozzy was on the pitch. We always thought that he was still a little bit young um, to be put in this kind of uh, pressure when you become in the national team, in the senior team. Uh, but he already have, have been playing for Argentina Junior, his first club in Argentina, and he was, uh, he was scoring goals, he was the man of the match every single game. For a person that loved football, it was just beautiful to see somebody so, so, so good. I said he was immediately the best player in the world. He was uh, he was fantastic. Uh, it's very difficult to describe what we were seeing. I, I thought as well that that would be a one-off situation. We are not going to see somebody like him again, uh, not ever, because he was so so good. Osvaldo, what do you think your main problems will be playing football in England? Uh, in 1978, Ozzy moved to Spurs after winning the World Cup on home soil. Over the next eight years, he became popular for his personality and admired for his ability. He won trophies, hearts, and Chaz and Dave even wrote that song about him. He is a hero in North London. Very well, because I am in the cradle of world football and I am representing my country. Ozzy and Maradona were polar opposites, the son of a lawyer and the kid from the slum. But they had formed a tight bond over the years on international duty. Ozzy's testimonial was set for the 1st of May 1986. He asked loads of Argentine players to turn up, but the coach Carlos Bolado was not having any of it. The arch-pragmatist who believed winning was everything had no time for romance, especially with a World Cup on the horizon. All of the players said no, except for one, Diego Armando Maradona. So I asked some of the boys to, to play in my, in my testimonial and people like Pasarela that I have played a lot, lot of times and, and on and on, but uh, they, couldn't, they couldn't go. They said, well, we have to ask permission with, to, to Bilardo and Bilardo definitely would say no. And then with me, they said, yeah, I'll be there. I said, sure, absolutely, I'll be there. And like everything connected with Diego until, because you can make a lot of plans, but in the last moment, it, the plan can change. I knew that. So, uh, but anyway, we he, he, he promised to be to be my testimonial. In fact, Argentina was playing against uh, Norway, uh, pre-season friendlies, and from there they went to Israel to play uh, another friendly. And he just took a plane and came back to see my to to, to my game. And, and of course, Bilardo was was not happy at all. Imagine, in, in, yes, just preparing everybody to, to win the World Cup and suddenly the, your top player just disappeared for two days, basically. Ozzy went to pick up his mate from Heathrow, as you do. On a good day, it's an hour's drive from White Hart Lane. It was about, say, two hours, something like that, two hours and a half before the game. So we had to go from there. I was driving and the traffic coming into the stadium was, it was impossible. <laughs> so we stopped the police, we stopped the police car, I told them who, who we were, and so they escorted to the, to the game. And we arrived, I would say, 45 minutes before the game. Everybody noticed. <laughs> yeah, because uh, England is an incredibly uh, football country, so uh, everybody recognized him. That was another thing, pictures and autographs and so on, and we said, oh, we are late, we are late, we are late, so we had to go. You have to remember where England and English football was in 1986, seven years into Thatcher, unemployment at its post-war peak. 
English clubs banned from European competition. Spurs are 10th in the league. They're only getting 20,000 through the gates. It was miserable. But this, this wasn't miserable. This was magical. Come game day, rumours circulated around the pubs of N17 that Maradona would be playing. Adam Powley's a Spurs fan, an author of several Tottenham books. But on that night, he was a 19-year-old salivating at the thought of seeing Diego Maradona in a Spurs shirt. When it was announced, it was suddenly, you know, the anticipation was really ramped up. And, um, you know, there was already really keen interest in the game beforehand. Well, Diego Maradona now turning up to play for Spurs. We've got to be there for this one. And what was noticeable, it was, we always loved and still love to this day, like those end of season games in spring, you know, middle of spring, where it's starting to get a little bit warmer. So you get that feel of the summer. Um, It's still quite light at night. When we got towards the ground, the traffic started to build up early. So you got that sense. It was almost like an indication of what, how big the crowd were going to be for a given game. The noise, there's kind of like a hum um, that you can hear and the hum grows steadily louder and louder the closer you get to the ground. And then getting to the ground itself and, and trying to get into the ground. And this is when it really hit home because we used to, we stood on the shelf in those days. So we went round to the back of the East Stand and saw the queues, huge queues to get in. Chock-a-block. And eventually we did get into the ground, managed to find our way up onto the shelf, and it was absolutely round. It was one of the most crowded games I've been to at White Hart Lane um, because it was just abundantly clear. Everyone wanted to be there for Aussie, but everyone wanted to be there to see Diego Maradona as well. And it wasn't just the fans who were excited. In the dressing rooms under White Hart Lane, professional footballers are acting like starry-eyed kids. The autograph books Diego's signing are theirs. They're nudging each other while he does tricks, shaking their heads and laughing because he's so much better than them. Glenn Hoddle was also there, the great technician of English football. Even he deferred to Diego. He gave him his shirt. Glenn Hoddle, for example, gave him the number 10 shirt. That, that, was, that was lovely. Um, and in one moment he was signing autograph with... I never see somebody doing this, signing an autograph... And, with, with, and, and he keep the, in his left foot, he was juggling the ball with his left foot. And at the same time, he was, uh, he, it's, it's incredibly difficult because it's two different skill sides. And to put it all together, it wasn't easy, but he did. Ozzy's son Federico is there too, seven years old. He's there for his old man, but he's absolutely bowled over by his old man's mate. Diego was like this, uh, like a mythical figure, because the only thing that people in this country, England, had seen of Diego really was a little bit on Saint and Greavesy, or one or two other programs. There wasn't, there wasn't YouTube, there wasn't any of the stuff that before. And in fact, not many people, everyone knew him as like this wonderful prospect, this great star. He was just about to explode. But even despite the fact that he had never really played in Europe that much, everyone knew him as being like this godlike football player. Everyone knew that best football in the world was coming to town, frankly. The two teams walk out, but Diego, Ozzy and his sons go last. There's an advertising board that says, we love you, Ozzy, our dealers. There's ticker tape and there are loads of cameras. One of the abiding memories I've got of it, because I was quite young, I was only seven, is when we came through. Maradona's there, you're looking at him and you're there and you're in your Spurs kit, you've been dressed up for it. And then we approached, we went out onto the stadium and everyone was looking at us Mm. because 
it was uh, it was me. I was holding my dad's hand, and my brother he got lucky. He was holding Maradona's hand, and we emerged. And I will always remember it. We emerged to an absolute wall of photographers onto the pitch, just flashing lights at us as we stood there. And that was quite scary, actually. But um, it was an amazing experience. Obviously, the noise was uh, tremendous because we were sort of standing in the tunnel. We thought, oh my god, there's all these people here. Uh, there's like the murmur you get before a game and then when we came on the noise was tremendous and I think there was some ticker tape as well coming over us because I had a little ball and I, I wouldn't let go of the ball basically because I was so nervous I was touching it controlling it trying to do something trying to take away uh, from the, you know just the, the massive occasion that it was There's a roar for Aussie and for Diego It's worth pausing here for a second because you cannot talk about Argentine footballers in the UK in the 80s without mentioning the Falklands War. A British submarine had torpedoed the pride of the Argentinian fleet, the Belgrano. As the British celebrated their victory, Argentina's soldiers returned to a country shamed by its defeat. The humiliated ruling military... It might have finished over four years before, but in a tabloid-dominated country with a right-wing government in power, it defined the majority of that decade. Newspapers run front pages that celebrated bombs dropping onto ships full of Argentine men. Throughout the conflict, Spurs fans had put their arms around Aussie. Aussie summed it up really well. It's like, you know, the, the two countries I love are at war with together. So you imagine having to deal with that. At the 1982 FA Cup semi-final at Villa Park, there was an undercurrent of hostility towards them. Um, and generally the reception with Spurs fans were, you know, they're... they're these two, they're one of us, like they're, they're part of the team, we're going to look after them. And as a kind of image of that, there was a banner that was unfurled at Villa Park that I, th I think said, um, you can keep the Falklands, we'll keep Aussie. Broadcaster Danny Kelly was in the crowd, eyes fixed on Diego as he warms up in that tight white kit. Holston, Hummel, Chevrons, the kit of the 80s. And it's got Hoddle's 10 on the back, absolutely glorious. He came out and, separate from most of the Spurs players, um, did uh, a little warm-up on his own, ball juggling, that caused the crowd to get you know, into it already. And then he started to interact with the Spurs players. And I remember he passed the ball square off a volley um, in the warm-up to one of the Spurs players who took it in his stride. And you could see him thinking, huh, Maradona would be impressed with that. I took that in my stride. First touch, got it out of my feet. They were, they were obviously in awe of him as well. In the 80s, White Hart Lane was a proper mishmash. 70-year-old terraces next to a brand new West End. It was rammed. A low hum drifting into the night as the crowd prepared to be entertained. Within 30 seconds, Diego gets his first touch. It's from a long ball. He jumps. He kills it dead on that barrel chest. He brings it down. He zips past two interplayers. He backheels it five yards to Aussie. Continues his run. The volume increases. The sound of people nudging the person next to them and saying, did you see that? The echo of seats clattering and hands clapping. It was definitely Diego. His touch and control was, was so obvious. Uh, I think there was one, one part during the game where a, a throw-in came on and it was, for him, it was around shoulder height, but he managed to bring it down on his instep and instant control. You can watch the full game on YouTube. There's kick-ups around players, there's twists, turns, Outside of the boot passes, delicate touches, flicks and volleys and volleyed crosses, the full Monty. I also remember the Spurs fans singing, uh, sign him up, sign him up, sign him up. Running hard, smiling wide, he's enjoying it, everyone is. But the best bit of all 
him and Glenn Hoddle taking it back to the playground. Hoddle, 28 years old, in his prime, the antithesis of the midfield workhorse. Absolutely thrilled to be sharing the grass with a true thoroughbred. Well, Glenn was the most technical player in England, probably, at the time. And uh, I always remember Glenn and Diego doing some like interpassing together, but like Glenn, both feet off the volley and otherwise, and Diego, you could tell, was like, who's this guy? I'm not sure he even knew who Glenn Hoddle was at the time uh, in 1986. Oh, this guy can play. And he was giving him the ball back. And Diego, I remember he was, went into the corner, did this like little flick up and then did an overhead kick as a cross. Between the two of them, they're sneaky short free kicks, dinks around the corner, five yard runs that only they can see. They're not goading anyone, they're just on a different planet, together. I mean, immediately they recognize each other like very, very special football players. And yes, of course, Diego recognized Glenn, Oops, he knew Glenn, of course, a football fist, basically. They just clicked, they absolutely clicked and it was, Dummies, it was faints, it was one-twos, it was shimmies, it was, you know, just, it worked so well with the pair of them together. Watching the two of them match each other for skills, uh, it was like um, a rap battle, to use, to use a 90s expression, where somebody did something and the other person was forced um, by honour to try and top it. Some of his actual touches uh, were, were, were sublime and as the game progressed as well it was obvious that he and Hoddle or maybe Ardiles had told them you should try and play together Glenn Hoddle Ozzy Ardiles uh, Diego Maradona like we're in that midfield and uh, that's the kind of midfield that you dream of really and there they were in front of us it was um, an amazing sight of the two of them trying to cooperate what I saw and that testimonial match was two people at the very, very peak of their individual brilliance trying to combine that within a team sport. It's a brilliant thing to see. It was a testimonial, sure, but it was also a glimpse into something more than three points. A reminder of the things that make football so special. Playing with your mates, showing off, meeting new people. And Diego had been doing it all without any sleep. We've all been there. The game finished 2-1 to Spurs, an exceptional Mark Falco swivel and volley, an equaliser from ex-Arsenal man Liam Brady and a late Clive Allen winner. The fans stream out, nudging each other and laughing all the way down the Tottenham high road. They've been entertained. It's quarter past nine now, deep in the bowels of White Hart Lane, and all eyes are still on Diego. He'll be dancing in tramps with Georgie Best and Rod Stewart in a bit. Imagine it. But before that... I'm Martin Tyler, and I'm a football commentator of some vintage now. An interview with a starstruck Martin Tyler. You can tell from the way I asked the questions, I was a bit in awe of him, to be honest with you, because to get in the same room as him, I, I'd met him seven years before, but he was a, he was a kid, you know. <laughs> he was very humble, I remember that very... Um, you know, smiley, but very humble. And here he was now as the, the greatest player. And, you know, there was me, him and Ozzy. <laughs> so I was lucky to be part of that group, to be honest. That kind of, but that was football gold, football royalty, whatever you want to say. And the man of the moment, it was Ozzy's night. And I had, Ozzy was there doing a job for me. You know, he was doing the translation. And the question I asked was about... 
a potential meeting. We knew they weren't in the same groups in the World Cup in Mexico, but that they could meet later in the competition. And I was concerned about his perspective on a meeting between England and Argentina after the countries had recently been at war with each other. His answer was no problem, basically. Um, his answer on the pitch was, <laughs> we, we didn't know, but we know now. Days ago, Argentines were saying, how can you win a cup with just one player? Now they're saying, with Maradona, we can go anywhere. Seven weeks later, 22nd of June, 1986, the gigantic Azteca Stadium in Mexico City. The eyes of the world are on him. If the first goal was dubious, the second was pure genius. And we know what happened. The hand of God and the goal of the century. Maradona, unstoppable. The man from Argentina looking every inch the best player in the world. Glenn Oddle was on the pitch, of course helplessly watching on from central midfield as his dancing partner stuck a knife into the belly of English football. And four minutes later, twisting it deeper and deeper to ensure they were done. But really, that's not for now. Maybe another time. Because that night at White Hart Lane, 51 days before, was pure. Football at its most dreamlike. The rumours, the cues, the lights, the players, the skills. The joy of seeing the world's best player pull on the shirt of your team. If you could bottle that up and sell it, well, you'd probably just keep it. We'll leave you with Adam. It's one of those kind of old war stories and pub stories that you can bore younger people with. I was there the day I saw Diego Maradona wearing a Spurs shirt. Um, just a privilege. It could be a piece of music. It could be, you know, some experience of travelling somewhere. Um, that game is one of those. When I think of... Ozzy Ardiles' testimonial, 1986, the day that Diego Maradona played at White Hart Lane, it evokes so many memories about time, place, people, friendships, atmosphere, and all those kind of things. So it's, for anyone that was there, it was, um, you know, it's part of our lives and, and the memory of it is one to cherish. Giant is a Spotify original produced by Mundial Studio. The executive producers are me, Owen Blackhurst, Tayo Papula and Seb White. The producer is James Bird. For Spotify, the commissioning editor is Alex A.D. And the story editor is Matt Nelson from Gimlet. Original music composed by Harry Harris. Additional production by Joel Grove and Tom Griffin. An archive from BBC and ITN courtesy of Getty Images. Getty Images.